Oh, I did. I guess I wrote Travis Crabtree, formerly Bobby Joe Crabtree, drove to Texarkana with the intent to buy a fancy hippie proof outhouse, but came back to folk only with a dead hippie in his truck. <laughs> How about this one? I just, I just didn't want any dead or dead hippie jokes. They got really sick of all the dead hippies stinking up the town because they were just saying, laying there in piles, just rotting and stinking. And like, what are we going to do? We have to stop killing all these hippies. That's when they realized the hippies were actually alive and just smelled really bad. <laughs> it's Seti Binko Part 2, The Revenge. The show where we create revenge sequels that nobody wanted. This time I'll get you and your little dog Pickles too. It's the Seti, it's Seti Bimco Part 2, The Revenge. Woo. The show where we create revenge sequels to these awful movies we watch. And first, we draw a wild card question because this movie we watched, right off the top of our heads, it's, the, it's everybody's favorite part of the show. They love this part of the show. The we decide who in this movie, which the movie we watched, we watched, is Legend of Boggy Creek. Yes. So who? Who in part this? Part one. Part one. Who from this movie would be most likely to get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? <laughs> wow. Did you write that down? That one's ironic as a piece of trivia I read about this one is nearly almost no one from this movie ever appeared in a movie again. <laughs> I just want to but this is a break in my personal mythology I want to address. All right. What's happening? Well, You'll have heard other episodes by other, shall we say, lesser guest hosts. Take that, mm-hmm. Keeney Kabumo. But uh, keen listeners to the podcast will remember, uh, we have a, a little section we've been trying out here. It may stick around, it might not, called Things That Are Outrageous. And I was talking about how my dear cat, Franny, had like a little bit of a fever or some cold. I forgot what uh-huh. it was specifically. That spiraled into like a whole weeks long fiasco of my cat being very, very sick. And I had to take her to the cat hospital and, you know, put her, she was in the cat hospital for nights, which that's not fun. And she seemed like she was maybe not going to make it. And this was all coinciding with like a crazy deadline I had for my second book of my upcoming Asgardian series, Thor. So basically for a couple weeks, I was not able to record. Tim Mm -hmm. handled it. We could say relatively well. Well, I'm you could definitely see spots in the wall behind him where he punched it in fury. Uh, well, I'm just not outraged this week. I'm just so grateful because my cat Franny's back and she's alive and well. And That's my good. book's done. And uh, all my good. cats had colds. They all like Franny brought back some weird bug. And so there was like a day where I had five sick cats around the house, which was kind of a lot. But now yeah. everything's kind wow. of uh, nice and at least for the nonce as I'm recording this. Everything is okay. well in the world because of the happy resolution. Now I have my cat back. She's on the couch downstairs. It's kind of funny because they had to shave her belly. So she's got this really pink belly and it's yes. really fat. That's, yeah, uh, but I have eschewed revenge. I'm no longer a revenge outrageous man. I'm just kind of happy. I'm, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing this podcast anymore because I'm not going to make revenge sequels. I'm going to make up <laughs> happy sequels. Yeah, it's going to be a whole new George. No more outrage Plot George. Twist. This is going to be enraged george oh wait that still works plot twist um <laughs> i do have one thing that you will like let's hear it all right all right that i'm a little outraged about so to make this quick oh, where i grew up yeah. there's a little hill 
It's called Spanish Hill. And it looks like a hill that had its top chopped off. So it looks like a what mound is... that was hmm. built and people wondered whether natives, Native Americans built the mound or more likely people believe it's just plopped there for a glacier and it shaved off okay. the top because it's got a totally flat I mean, we talking, it's really big, like noticeable from a distance sort oh, of yeah. hill or like, oh, yeah. okay. No, you can, you, but um, somehow I got on this YouTube video about it and I'm sure you remember the story of in New York, some farmers buried a concrete giant and pretended to like they left it in the ground and then they, it was 18, yeah, uh, 1800s. The Cardiff giant. Yes. It was, um, they dig it up and like, a, Hey, pay a dollar. It's actually a pretty cool story. The guy was trying to disprove the Bible. Yes. Like well, it was the whole thing. He was trying to like, he was trying to, cause there's a, a thing that Christians will adhere to. There's a line, I think in Genesis in those days, giants walked the earth. Right. So this guy carved a giant uh, statue, a supposed fossil of a, a like the ten foot tall person, yes, and buried it on a guy's land, and mm-hmm. then got you know the preachers nearby to say it to Jebus, yes. and then he was like fooled you. Yes, um, you can see the <laughs> quote unquote original one. Uh, it's it's in um, where's the baseball hall of fame? That's in Cleveland, Ohio. N- no, no, it's in New York. No, George. Yeah, it is. You're thinking the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's in Cleveland. Hmm. Anyway, it's in um, the same town as that. I've Cleveland? I've seen it. You go in a little barn and there's this big statue of a guy. And it's like, yeah, I'm the Cardiff Giant. But anyway, go on, Tim. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes, you sidelined my, my story. Oddly enough. I was giving valuable backstory to your I story. Was, I was, they have found like stuff made by Native Americans a lot around this, this hill. Anyway. This guy in the video is like, oh, yeah, and back in the 1800s, they dug up a, a giant skeleton, and the skull had horns like antlers, and they had a picture of it. And they're like, this is the only known picture of it, and there's a skull with horns on it. Uh-huh. And he goes, but like most giants they find, the Smithsonian comes around <laughs> and take it away, and it disappears. That's, that's, that's a whole thing. I <laughs> I know about this, the... Uh, yes. The belief that giant skeletons exist all throughout the Americas of 10 foot tall, sometimes red haired, often horned <laughs> humanoids that the Smithsonian secrets away. <laughs> like this shit has been so conclusively proven <sighs> to be a scam by so many times, but you can still find it in the Internet. I found two These more. Another video. believe in it. Because the other man said, we can't go check out that hill. You're not allowed to. He just said that. But I know that people bought the land. It's their private property now. That's all. Yeah. So that's why. <laughs> But, Tim, were those people the government? Were they the Smithsonian? <laughs> yes. Because, you know, the Smithsonian, what they want us to believe is that people don't get to be 10 foot tall and have antlers. No, because they're trying to hide the Bible. That's what one of the videos explained. They're trying to hide the Bible. Hide that Christianity is real. Yep. And, and also, they're trying to destroy the, the legend of Boggy Creek, which is about a big, tall humanoid. Segway. Is that Whoa, a segue? that, that was a pretty sick segue. I didn't mean to do that. Just kind of. <laughs> you did damn, too. Tim, we we're we're a well-oiled machine. Uh, Seti Bimco, the most oily podcast there is. I plan to talk about Mary Tyler Moore, and I was going to say, speaking of entertainers, oh, for our younger audience, I was going to talk about Seinfeld, and I was going to say, George, Seinfeld left a giant footprint in the history of television, just like the star of our movie, <laughs> who also left a big foot mark on. On, uh, on Boggy Creek. Intro this movie. We're, we're to it. All right. 
<clears throat> so uh, today's movie, it was my choice, and it's actually a sequel to uh, a previous episode. We did Tim and I did the the second movie in this illustrious series, first Boggy Creek Two: The Legend Continues, and now in a, a Seti Bimco first, <laughs> we actually plunked down a few precious dollars. Oh. Yeah, we actually rented this movie. We're watching the first to one watch second. the original. Yeah, we watched the first one second. The original 1972 docudrama that some in some circles credited with causing the Bigfoot craze that Tim and I have both ridden yes. to the top of, <laughs> the legend of Boggy Creek. Yeah, and, and the entire oh. movie, uh, here's what you need mm-hmm. to know about it. It's mm-hmm. uh, just like the second. It is the work of Different. advertising salesperson slash movie turned movie director Charles B. Pierce. Yes. Who uh, documented the quote-unquote true story of the Arkansas's Fook monster. Fook. And uh, just does a bunch of reenactments, <laughs> sort of Blair Witch style, I guess, for the sake of this movie. It's we'll treated it. very much like you're seeing a lot of the people in the movie are the actual people from the stories. We're telling stories about Weird Monkey Man in the Woods. They are not good actors. They reenact <laughs> their encounters. Yes. There's a horrifying amount of violence visited upon pets in this movie. And <laughs> Don't get to it. Don't get to it. I don't know. I mean, plots can be difficult to too because there weren't much of a plot. It was I, just like, yeah. this monster did this, and then the monster did this, and then this. Well, I want to point out, Jamie yep. Mendoza Nava, he did the music. And he also did the music to Five Minutes to Love. I, I no. Of a, a show we Wait, talked really? about. Wait, really? Previous Seti Vimco episode. Mm-hmm. The famous hand grenade episode, as I like to call it. <laughs> the episode that our uh-huh. illustrious co-host, John Kelly, chose... Made us all watch and then dipped out. <laughs> Made Tim and I suffer through that one alone. Hi, John. Hope you're doing good. Hi, John. He wrote the song, Nobody Sees the Flowers But Me. Hey, Travis Crabtree. I'll no, he wrote that? Yes. <laughs> I thought I read that Charles B. Pierce did the music, but this is interesting. Well, I have him listed as doing music for the film, but who knows? Someone else, you know, they could have, I don't know. Maybe he just did incidental music. Maybe, but you my, need to. My research. When is we flawed, get to George. that point, I want you to go in depth on the Travis Crabtree song because I <laughs> couldn't believe what was happening during that. That was in a movie full of reenacted Sasquatch encounters. That was the most insane moment for me. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that song was popular. It was up there on the hit. I'm up, up in the charts with uh, Juicy Lucy's "Who Do You Love." Oh, well, yeah. another reference to Prosperity Biblical episode. You don't have to explain. Bread. They got to go. No, watch. I do because. No, I want people to listen. No, go listen no. to the bread episode. Don't listen. Do it. No, bread, bread is good. <laughs> so there's a lot of people that play themselves in this, George. Buddy, Most of them did, but Buddy Crabtree is played by James Crabtree. What was that <laughs> about? Jeff Crabtree is played by Fred Crabtree. <laughs> yeah. So J.E. Listeners... Smokey Crabtree played himself. <laughs> this is funny. Like, like. So Everybody's when Charles B. Pierce did this, yeah, he he filmed it mostly with people who lived in Fook, Arkansas, <laughs> and they played themselves. But there is this bewildering part where <laughs> the Crabtree's family is – I'm not even really exaggerating here. I'd say like a full half of the encounters <laughs> are the encounters that this one family, the Crabtree's, experiences. <laughs> but like Tim points out, weirdly, when you check out the credits, they change their first names a lot of them. So you're like – why? I think we could still figure out who you are. Your your likeness is captured on yes. film. 
All the people who go to town with you know you. I think if your name is really James and you call yourself Buddy, they're going to figure it out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that. <laughs> I thought that I thought that was hilarious. And um, yeah, so I mean, I guess I'll get into like the general plot as much as I can. And please jump in and, and save me. Well, the plot at the beginning is just nice photography, I will say, of It is, Arkansas. actually. That's all. And I'm also going to say something else kind of shocking. Yeah. I feel like this guy, Charles B. Pierce, is not without some talent. Right. Yeah. Like, there's parts of this movie that are, are very amateurish, I suppose. <laughs> but, um, there, I, and some parts of it I, I will actually put on to the backs of the fact that he's using, like, these random right. huckleberries he finds <laughs> around the town as actors. <laughs> but there's some parts I'm like, this guy's actually got a like, little bit of a style going on here. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it does open up with like five minutes straight. Like I, I kind of timed it of oh, just no. kind of beautiful, like footage of like the wilds of Arkansas Yeah, yep. and animal and noises. I don't think there's even music playing. I think it's just, yeah. and it's, oh. it's kind of nice. You see alligators, which I was surprised by. Yep. Alligators. Um, Why? You thought it should be a crocodile? No, I actually, up until like, I feel like I knew this at one point in my life, but then I forgot. But up until like earlier this year, I thought alligators only lived in Florida in this country. Mm. But apparently they live like all over the place. Well, it's getting warmer. So, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, this is in the 70s. So, but. Mm. Uh, it's a different time. George. And then we different see time. after. Relax. Different time. <laughs> I'm not relaxing. You told what to do. So it opens up with the old man. Are we going to do the old man? We don't see the old man first. First, we see the little blonde boy running across oh, the field. Right, 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 right. Sorry. Do you recognize the little blonde boy? It's a uh, young, uh, young Travis Crabtree. No, <laughs> I know Tim. Oh, who, who? I have good news for you oh. and listeners of our previous episode. Is this is a return of shirtless Tim. That's him. Oh, I looked him up on IMDb. <laughs> so in Boggy Creek Two, this is the son of the director Chuck. P- well, Charles B. Pierce mm-hmm. is the director. He the son goes by Chuck Pierce Jr. Yeah. And um, he is the quote-unquote male sex symbol of Boggy Creek 2. He is spindly. He is near constantly shirtless. We have a lot of fun picking on this poor guy. (laughs) And here we get a glimpse of him as a young boy. And he's very unrecognizable because, A, he's only like six or seven years old. And, B, he's wearing a shirt. Right. (laughs) So his most familiar features are covered. But he's running across (laughs) the field. He's all mop-headed and blonde and just – running for his life and he comes across three old men who all look like Skeletor with a hook nose. <laughs> right, I know. They all look the same too. Like I, I in a lineup, I couldn't have told those three no. guys apart. <laughs> they said, little boy, did you bring us our candy? Is that what he <laughs> well, said? <laughs> he might have. Cause instead the little boy out of breath, obviously terrified says, mom sent me, there's some sort of wild man in the woods. And hook nose skeleton, but one's like, give me your Bob's cream. Give me my candy. <laughs> give me a candy. Shakes him roughly. No. Uh, he slaps his ear just, and he goes deaf in one ear. <laughs> and then he pulls the ear off, right? And he eats it. And he no. goes, this will do for my gum. Wrong movie. And he spits it into the tip. No. Oh, okay. Um, slaps his ear. They just mock him. Come on. Yeah. Uh, what is that? Johnny Tremaine? Wonderful life. Oh, what did you Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Oh, why'd you box my ears? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, wait, Tim. <laughs> what? I'm going to interrupt. What would happen? How would the world be different if Charles B. Pierce never existed? Just like the, It's a Wonderful Life. What, 
like the angel takes around. He's like, well, oh, people oh, don't I like see Bigfoot. Saying, I see. But yeah. he makes him, he commits, you're saying suicide. So, well, you made me jump know. there. You're, you're saying I don't know if he takes the, the, the place of Jimmy Stewart. Of George, yeah, George, whatever his of name George is. George Bailey. George Bailey. And so, like, he takes Charles B. Pierce around. And he's like, well, I wish I'd never been born at all. <laughs> and then he's like, well, in the 70s, people never got into Bigfoot. And instead, their love of evil Knievel continued unabated into the modern day. <laughs> who's, who's talking to who? Uh, I guess the angel okay. is talking to the the, the not born ghost of Charles B. Charles Pierce. B. I don't Pierce. know. This, look, this, this is getting happened? pretty heady. I don't know. I just wanted so the opening scenario. This is the way I can figure it. Charles B. Pierce, who actually is the main character of Boggy Creek Two, he actually plays him like a, a doctor guy or something. He Mm-mm. is a character in this movie, but he's not played by Charles B. Pierce. Okay, basically another man plays him as an adult and Ooh. narrates these stories. His son, Chuck B. Pierce plays him as a child. And that's what we learn here that growing up in Fook, Arkansas, his scared mom thinking that the woods around their house were surrounded by giant Sasquatches sent six year old Charles <laughs> B. Pierce Jr. To go run to get the trio of old men old who man. hang out at the gas station. Like <laughs> h- how is that going to help lady? If there is a giant carnivorous ape monster outside, aren't you sending your son to certain mutilation? (laughs) (laughs) I think she was trying to get rid of him. Are these the old men I want to get to? Because I love these old men. I know you would. Every time I see like old corn fed old man like this, I'm like, Tim is just chortling with glee. Because in the second movie, we went into a gas station with old men. Remember, it started the same way. Yep. I assumed it was the same men. Yeah. These old men were sitting around talking about the Lockhorn comics, George. Oh yeah, uh, yes. Of course, I remember. And can we remind <laughs> viewers what Lockhorn comics are? It's uh, a married couple that hates each other. Yes, great old comic by Rob, <laughs> not Rob Reiner. No, I didn't write his name down. Anyway, Rob, they're, they're laughing Post. about the Harry. Rob Post. Uh, but I remember the old men were laughing about the Harry Man, right? Yeah, they're like, "That's just a hippie," because this takes place in 1972. Yeah, or yeah, it was released in seventy two. So, so it's uh, when we say we see it's it, safe to assume it was recorded in seventy, like filmed in seventy one or seventy, pretty close to that sixties cutoff line of pure garbage. So you, but, you young people, when we, when me and George are like, oh, there's another dead hippie in the background. We're talk, we're talking about people who are hitchhiking that time of the that time in history in America because there's a lot of dead hippies in this movie, right, George? <laughs> well, uh, yes, and Tim. <laughs> <laughs> anyway i don't even think there was very many young people in this movie actually there was yeah oh there uh, those old men are upset that marmaduke got replaced with a new comic called frank and ernest sorry is frank and ernest an actual comic it is it's always uh, bad i would have gone with garfield that didn't premiere in 1972 oh wow you did your research you actually placed comics was marmaduke already a thing in 72 yeah it was a thing tim when did ziggy premiere <laughs> I think 1978. Oh wow! Later know. than I thought. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. You know what? Uh, you know what? 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 The person who now draws Blondie is from the same town I'm from. That's weird. Really? Weird. Tim, follow up question. Wild. Wild. Is stuff. that person you under a pseudonym? <laughs> no. How? I un- wish. It seems unlikely to me that the little tiny town you grew up in created two comics artists you and whoever draws blondie uh 
think they created one, one who does secret work. The man, the, the man who painted the cover of the original Outsiders novel. He, he's in my town. Three now. It's getting more and more unlikely. Who else? Let's, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> this is going nowhere. All right. So then the movie, <laughs> uh, after we have the establishing bit where we see the young filmmaker who was sent out by his mom to get help from three old men and had to run through a gauntlet of fucking Sasquatch monsters. He, he lives because he's grown up now. Yeah. And he just tells us, uh, he, we kind of dip into the rest of the movie up until Different mostly stories. the end is yeah. Little vignettes. There's a story of Willie E Smith, whose dog gets thrown at him. That was kind of like, <laughs> that was rough on the dog. Yes. It's like, and, like, that was yeah, so rough if, on Willie E. Smith, he changed his name to Willie E. Crabtree. He couldn't take the shame. Yes. <laughs> there was... Uh, hmm. John L. Oaks. It looks like I wrote John P. Hickson. No, it's John L. Oaks. He, he went out. No, that's a, that's a different guy. I have a guy in between this. The guy okay. who shot at the Bigfoot. Oh, I thought John L. Ho- Oaks shot at the Bigfoot. He also shoots at him. And he realizes, oh, it's a hippie. Yeah, and he goes, oh, it's a hippie. And then he kind of kicks <laughs> kicks some dirt on him and shoves him under a bush. It's our first dead hippie. Um, <laughs> Told you. He didn't believe me. That's true. <laughs> uh, wow, I wrote something <laughs> here. It says John Oates. And it's like he something and he saw it walking and killed on two by two prairie shorts. <laughs> looked like, oh, he, he was the guy. John Oates was the guy who looked like a hipster. Oh, did he? I didn't notice that. Yeah, so he was interesting. So most of the people here are real, like, Song of the South sort of characters. Yes. Like, they've never seen the light of, like, a northern sun. Who we love. And, yeah, we love those people. They Hi, listeners. Um, but they're, like, like real kind of, like, if you were to, like, go to Central Casting and look for someone to be like, I need someone to play a Corn Fred Yokel, <laughs> you would find these people. But this one guy, John P. Oates, uh, he had, like, kind of thick glasses and kind of cool hair. And he was young, and I'm like, oh, this guy looks kind of like somebody I'd see in Brooklyn. But when he talked, yeah. he sounded like the oldest geezer. Uh, He's like, y'all, 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 y'all. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I wrote notes about him. Looks like maybe he shot something. I don't remember what. Well, he, he accidentally shot a hippie. He shot a hippie. Un- uh, there was Fred Crabtree. Fred Crabtree. Oh, what he- was his real name again? Uh, <laughs> Bobby Joe Crabtree. Bobby Joe Crabtree. He thought it was a wild man or a hippie or maybe a member of Led Zeppelin. The creature was washing he his found a, feet in the water, so he thought it must be a hippie. Yeah, he found the footprint, right? <laughs> yes. Three toes. And then there's James Crabtree, who is, uh, I wrote down maybe his dad, but it turns out his uncle, but he also had a real different name, so who knows what he really was. <laughs> uh, he saw it through his gun stock and decided not to shoot it because he heard about the other guy shot the hippies. Like, maybe I better not. <laughs> now you're catching uh, up. Yep. Then there was this one was interesting because this name really pops. After hearing all these variations on crab trees, mm-hmm. we we meet the Cersei family. Oh yeah, I didn't even notice that. I just called her Mary Beth Crabtree. But yeah, Cersei. Yeah. <laughs> she, Cersei. She was reading a like, book. She was really into it. Re- reading a book. She had it upside down. <laughs> what was it? Uh, I kept trying to see. She and she is. Uh, it's upside down. It was uh, Alice's <laughs> that's Adventures Underground. That's, that's mean. I'm not trying to say she can't read. Just saying it's a pretty big <laughs> book. You know, it's the Bible. Um, and she was in like all the men folk were out of town, <laughs> and she was there with her sister who had just uh, had a baby, and her sister was kind of laying there sideways on the bed with the baby, and kept saying, "Mary Beth, throw a sheet over the window. Or the baby will catch cold." Yeah. 
And Mary Beth's yes. ignoring her because she's trying to figure out which way to turn the book so that those strange symbols on it make sense. I'm at the part where the Bible would. Jesus talks about <laughs> masturbation. I'll be there in a minute. This is the good part. <laughs> uh, and she finally gets up mm-hmm. and puts the sheet on there. And she looks out the window and starts screaming because she sees a blurry, indistinct shape that is, I guess, a Sasquatch. Yeah. It was and weird. they have their cat outside. And here's some horrible violence visit upon the cat. He's just flinging the cat about, I guess. Or No, actually, no, he doesn't. No, we see. You hear the cat making we, noise. We cut to daylight after they, they get, they're terrorized all night. And they show a close-up of a dead cat. That, that, and it's really a dead cat, I think. Uh, yeah. It was I didn't like that. It looked like a real dead cat. I'm like, did Charles B. Pierce kill a cat? I mean... Tim, I, I have to bring this up. What? Every cat we oh, saw in this movie is dead now. They're dead now. Every dog we saw in this movie yeah. is dead now. Well, that cat could have Every been hippie the, we saw in this is, movie is dead now. Is dead now. It was dead back then, too, in this movie. <laughs> it doesn't make it through the end of the movie. Yeah, the hippie is just. <laughs> this movie ends. It's a weird shot. It's just like. It's just them throwing a bunch of hippie bodies in a big <laughs> stack. And then Charles B. Pierce Don't comes out of the woods, what? douses it in gasoline, and goes. Shh! <laughs> lights it on fire and disappears back into the muck. Are you already doing so your revenge odd. sequel? <laughs> no, I guess that could have been though. Uh, but their cat was scared to death. That's what they said. Scared to death. Yeah, they said nothing can scare a cat to death like that. Besides, old man crab trees, one man vacuum circus. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Tim, this was so perfect for you with like old man crab tree. Like this is like it. such a Tim film. <laughs> Uh, then let's dogs see. Dogs are chasing a deer in the woods. Is that what we're up to? Yeah, there's a guy with some hunting dogs, and they all disappear. No, no. First, there's like dogs barking at the deer, and the kid's like, "I better go hunting." But he finds Bigfoot, the little kid. Yeah, like he teenager. is also a crab tree, is he not? He's a crab tree. <laughs> we did take a weird bit with him where we saw him. Uh, uh, he was like cooking eggs, right? He was cooking eggs. And those things, like little kids, I was like. That's little Billy Joe Crabtree who doesn't like to eat with other boys. It was him <laughs> in the woods cooking eggs. I don't know. That's how, His dogs die. That's how you uh, uh, made breakfast back then, George. Didn't have Fruit Loops. Wait, you didn't? Not in folk. Folk. <laughs> I didn't have them. I, I was not have folk. sugar cereal. So if I went to a friend's house, I just like, give me another bowl. <laughs> oh, wait, you weren't. Hold on, Tim. Nope. You weren't allowed to have sugary cereals, but if nope. your parents weren't there... No, if, if I went, you were under the care of another adult, no, you I, would lie to them and say you could have it. No, I went to a friend's to like stay overnight, and they'd have it all. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Why didn't you say like, "Excuse me, I'm not allowed to have sugary cereals. Can you make me some eggs?" <laughs> I said, "I never get to have these. Can I have the prize?" I don't know. And would they say? Would they say that? <laughs> and then you'd eat the prize because you didn't understand how it works. You never had it. You're like, ah, it's ah, going ah. nowhere. Uh, Please make me some. All right, there. There is a song that happens here. <laughs> it's the one. It's the, nobody. There's a song before the Travis Crabtree, and I was. Did you write it down? Well, wait. Before the song, they do bring all mm-hmm. the dogs out to chase okay. Bigfoot, and then people on horses. Yeah. Remember that? Like they call everybody's got dogs, and the dogs are too afraid to chase Bigfoot. Oh, they're supposed to be these great hunting dogs. They're and... so coward. They, their dogs were cowards. And, um, and it was supposed to be something happening now. Like the, the film director speaks up. He's like, I was luckily enough to be brought along in this adventure. Mm-hmm. And these famous guys with their famous hunting dogs. One of these guys is smoking the biggest, most comical stogie. <laughs> I'm like, all right, you have these famous <laughs> hunting dogs because their sense of smell. Yes. You're trying to get them to, and you're smoking <laughs> the stinkiest thing in the world. Right. Also, I don't think those are great hunting dogs. No. I mean, 
they were like just kind of like like one of them unfortunately like you know like when a dog has just had puppies and she's kind of like ruined for a little bit yeah. there was one of the dogs just oh. like she's like i just dropped a litter can i please just sit down <laughs> I'm like, why are we doing this to this dog for the silly Bigfoot movie? Yes. Someone give that dog a, like a bone and like a nice cushion to lay down on. Yes, but those owners were embarrassed. So embarrassed. They were very embarrassed, they, as they we were told. To nearby Backy Creek. They changed their names to like Bob Crabtree. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve named his, changed his name to Eddie Crabtree. Oh my God, Tim, is that the reason why the cra- were they crab trees? And they were like, I have to hide my secret chains. Yes. Their one dog used to be named Stevie. They named. Change his name to Crabtree. Anyway. <laughs> so at some point, music plays. Jokes. These are good jokes, Tim. <laughs> Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. There's a song that was like, this is what the sky plays. Was there, Does that sound like something? Uh, I, man, my writing is so bad on this one. And so normally, <laughs> folks, normally I watch these. Tim gets mad at me. I will sometimes watch these movies literally minutes before we record. Right. <laughs> I watched this a while ago because I had the full intention of recording mm-hmm. this. Uh, so I can't read my fucking notes. My handwriting has – it might as well be written in another language. Yes, there, is, like an, there is another song. I only wrote what down – What is it called? Nobody, I only wrote down Nobody Sees the Flowers But Me, Hey, hey Travis Crabtree. But there is another song, I know. <laughs> there was another song that was really ridiculous and I was so delighted it came on. But then almost immediately the Hey, Travis Crabtree song <laughs> plays and then I was flabbergasted. It's, oh, Can you talk us wait, through that part? It's, this, song, this song is about how many years passed as the creature lived alone – the song says, this is where the creature goes. That's the song. This is where the creature goes. Teens oh. like to go camping. They no longer worry about Bigfoot or hippies in the woods. Travis Crabtree song. Travis Trab- Oh, about Travis Crabtree went to visit Herb Jones, who lived in a hut made of cereal boxes in the woods. And I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> if you saw Remember the old man who lived in the woods? Can I talk about Herb Jones? Because oh, yeah. he's actually kind of important to me. He's not a Crabtree. He's not he's like not a crab tree. His face is the epitome of crag. Oh yeah. Like this guy's just wrinkles. But my favorite bit about him is they mentioned just like the guy's just giving a sketch of this real person who plays himself, Herb Jones, in the movie. Uh Herb Jones <laughs> shot off most of his foot in a boating accident and dragged himself out of the swamp to help. But I'm like, what sort of boating accident involves shooting your own foot off? Like, what sort of boating was he doing? Well, later, he he got his hand cut off by a boat propeller in a skiing accident. I don't know if you heard about that. <laughs> and then, uh, well, what's a good ski tip injury? <laughs> then he got snow blindness while hiking through the desert. He's always one thing behind. It's so weird. Um, also, what was weird about this guy? Like, yeah. so Travis Crabtree, let's, we actually didn't mention this. Travis Crabtree is like maybe 16 years old. Yeah. He's part of the Crabtree clan. He gets his own song, Hey Travis Crabtree. Yes. I found a post from 2012 uh, on Live Journal called Travis Crabtree Today, <laughs> where somebody found the original Travis Crabtree and stuff. Oh my God. It's pretty exciting. You have to send um, it to me. But he's just like, he's out. Maybe he's the one cooking eggs. They see him in the woods. Yeah, he's like, I think hey, Travis Crabtree, you do hey, stuff and you tree. eat eggs and you're alone in the woods. Wait a minute for me. Let's go back in the bottom. Back where the fish are biting. He wears a dumb hat. Yes. His best friend that he sometimes bikes, to, like takes the boat to see oh. is Herb Jones, like the 
Coast. It's impossible to know Herb Jones is because he's only wrinkles, but he's probably <laughs> like 40. He uh, lives 40. in a house of cereal boxes and has half of his foot missing because of a boating accident. Somebody brings him liquor once a week. It brings him liquor. They mention that, <laughs> yes. don't they? He brings him liquor. An underage child ferries liquor to this man with no foot living in a swamp in or half woods, a foot. Yes. And none of that goes anywhere. We no. get the song of Travis Crabtree. I figure they're setting up for a big well, Travis Crabtree sighting with Herb Jones. No, Herb Jones. But instead, we did get a close up of Herb Jones. He says there's no such thing. But he said he saw, no, he saw the creature, I thought. He said. I thought it was, maybe I zoned oh, out, but it was just him said, in silhouette. He said there's no such thing. thing, and then he started drinking the liquor, and then he's like. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, there's pink elephants, though. Yes. They're everywhere. Spiders. All over. It was weird. It's just him saying there's no such monster. I'm like, didn't we, shouldn't you be hanging with the Skeletors up front? Yeah. I, yeah. I thought he was saying he was angry because he saw dead animals in the woods that had been scared to death by the monster, like like Billy's goldfish and this Crabtree's <laughs> hamster. I worked, I worked hard. Else, I worked hard on these jokes. <laughs> These are good jokes. What other monsters do they say? <laughs> That's it. Then they do this weird thing where they like talk about how Bigfoot could be an ape and they show us a picture of an ape. And I'm like, yeah, get on with it. Like, <laughs> You're like, keep your signs <laughs> in your pants. I know. Well, that is actually a part I wanted to bring up because I, I didn't record where exactly this comes up. But there is a part where they interview a farmer yes. who has found footprints mm-hmm in the mud near the creek, the titular creek. And they are three toes. Yep. And this is, actually, this is the part you're talking about with the, with the apes. And I read the scene this way, Tim. I want to see if you agree with me. The <laughs> farmer is pretty keen on the idea of saying this is a monkey. Because he, all right, yes. the farmer definitely put these footprints there. But he made three foot, three-toed footprints. You suspect the farmer? Yeah. In this instance of this, I do. Because he's like, <laughs> I think it's a gorilla. And the guy who came to look at it's like, well, gorillas don't have three toes. There's no three-toed primates. Mm. And the farmer's like, oh. Like, he realized he <laughs> fucked up. Like, when he made the foot, he's like, fuck. That's your theory? I gave it only three toes. He's like, well, <laughs> I, I think I saw it was, like, orange. Maybe it's one of them was orangutans. He's like, no, they don't got three toes either. He's like, hmm. <laughs> so, like, this guy, like, like that's a problem. There's no... All, there's no three-toed mammals, I don't think, even. Like, that's kind of a lizard thing the, or a bird see the thing. guy that comes home late at night, and his wife's like, where have you been? And he goes, I was at my company's Christmas picnic. And she's like, well, it's the 4th of July. And he says, he just goes, hmm. Oh. He's like, hmm. Shot off half my foot in a boating accident while I was there. <laughs> then he goes, look behind you, a three-toed monster. And he jumps out the window. Um, yeah, so I read that as like, this great evidence of the monster with the, the three-toed footprints. The one guy who showed up to look at was pretty skeptical. Like, yeah, it's got three toes. And the dude who planted it was like, ah, oh, probably should have five toes. <laughs> but, yeah. And then I, if, I, if my notes are correct and my memories are correct, okay. the rest of the movie is mostly concerned with this one big encounter. Well, you're missing it. Betsy Smith Crabtree's kids came and got her. This is a funny part because they come screaming. Oh, I missed Remember, they go in the house okay. like, mommy, mommy, come. It's a monster. They run all the way across the field, drag their mom. There is a monster. So they all scream oh, you're right. and run back to the house again. <laughs> and, and if I missed it, unless I'm mistaken and I did watch it twice, I'm pretty sure the mom is yelling, don't run, don't run the whole time. <laughs> and I don't know if that is because she's using like the kind of logic, like don't run from a bear, from a bear play yes. dead. Or if it's just like she's just being a mom, like. Stop your running. Well, she in, she in, ran like an idiot. 
in uh, in folk, you're taught not to run from cats and not to run from those three old men who sit at the coffee shop. Because they'll make fun of you and make fun of your maw for seeing wild men in the woods. That part was funny. This woman, yes. uh, yeah, she's wearing a big red sweater in the middle of the woods. The kids were like, yeah, it's a monster. It was. They all ran. She yells not to run. And then there's there's three girls. Yeah, we go on through a few more stories. There's three girls. Oh, you're right. There's three the three girls, girls having the night the night out. That part I wrote sucked. down having a pillow party. I don't know what they're doing. Is that, what is a pillow party? Do? I don't know. I thought that's what they said. Three girls. Why'd you write that down? Three girls having a pillow party. That sounds weird. <laughs> I think that sounds dirty. That's what girls do. They have pillow parties. Writers, uh, listeners, if you know what a pillow party is, please write in. Seti Bimko with a knee at the end. Tell us what a pillow party is. I think it's dirty. It's not. But uh, they hear a strange creature around their trailer they live in. Not not knocking trailers. Uh-huh. I'm just saying they live in a trailer. So It was actually a very nice trailer. Yes. I, I had no idea it was a trailer until she says, it was, go look out the trailer window. It was such a fancy trailer. The TV was on top of the refrigerator. Did you notice that? I did. You did not notice no. that? It was bugged me. No. Who watches TV and they put it on top of the refrigerator? Isn't that like a Jeff Foxworthy joke? I don't know. You might be a redneck if your TV's on top of a refrigerator. Uh, what happens to the three girls? Is that the one where the hand comes in the window? I forget, but they do the classic thing where they get the gun out and they drop the bullets all over the floor. Even though yeah. they seem to know how to use a gun. There is, a, now that you mention it, Tim, there is that little hint of the misogyny that we saw running rampant in the sequel. Mm-hmm. There's a few, And there's a few lines where just like, where women are left home alone and the ape monster shows up and they're like, they had to wait for the men. To yeah, come. They did. And that was definitely a case of that. They did that a lot in this movie. Cause then we, we switched to Bobby and Elizabeth Ford, obviously from out of town and, and Charlie, two couples with their kids. They swingers. They, yeah, fucking I know swingers. swingers. They share a house to save money. <laughs> I, I do that in quotes, mm-hmm. save money. <laughs> One bedroom. <laughs> it mm. seems like it around the floor. Yeah. I do, oh, I do want to say one thing. Yeah. When we see Bigfoot movies, we usually see lots of outhouses. But this movie had no outhouses. We've had so many outhouses right, in movies Tim. we've watched uh, on this show. Spoggy Creek 2 has that great outhouse yeah. scene where the fucking retired lawyer yeah. who you, who shits in an outhouse <laughs> and wipes his ass with Sears Roebuck <laughs> in like 1980. And he's the attorney. <laughs> he's the attorney, jumps in the outhouse to escape the monster so he's not in this one i have three reasons why folk oh you say it folk fook fook well three reasons why fook arkansas did not have outhouses in this movie okay oh i can't wait to hear it let's hear him tim <laughs> in 1967 too many people uh-huh. in fook were catching herpes from the outhouse toilet seats and thus they ran many of them out of town many of these outhouses they ran them out of town on a oh, rail no, there are living people. Number two. Don't ask too many questions. Okay. <laughs> Number two. In 1970, Outhouse Fest 70 was canceled because during the 1969 Outhouse Fest, seven people shot their hands off during the Outhouse Painting Contest. That's number two. Not the boating accident. <laughs> no. That's good. Outhouses in the water? Come on. George. And the third. The third and final nail in the coffin. In 1971... Eddie Crabtree, formerly Bobby John Crabtree, drove to the big town of Texarkana to buy new Mm -hmm. paint supplies for Outhouse Outhouse Fest 1971. But alas, Uh he came back to Fook with nothing but a bad case of herpes. (laughs) Wow, that was all good. It all tied back in together. It all tied back to herpes. So I have a follow-up question that I'm just going (laughs) to ask you to answer extemporaneously. Okay. 
given the complete lack of outhouse technology seen in this movie, are the people of Fook, are they experiencing a boom in indoor plumbing? Or are they just shitting in the woods? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of in, there's a boom in indoor plumbing. Good for that. The Crabtree Plumbing Company of Fook. Oh, it's a fucking conspiracy. <laughs> well, they're trying to drive the other Crabtree Plumbing Company. This was company all a Crabtree plot. Fook. That's why they changed their name so as to seem like not connected. They just didn't do it well. Yep. So, so this section that Tim was talking about, Bobby Ford and the hipster, uh, the, uh, the swinger families, <laughs> swingers, hipster, hipster was earlier. Uh, this is pretty much like, uh, like almost like a mini movie inside a movie. This is right. the longest extended sequence we got. And this is a part where I'm actually going to say to, well, Charles B. Pierce is dead. Um, but I know his daughter owns the rights. Mm-hmm. So if she's listening, I'll say, this is where I actually give the guy some credit. Like this was actually well shot. Yes. I remember it from a kid. I saw shots. And I was like, Oh yeah. This is I think this, this is the part people think of when they think of this movie. Yes. Yeah. It's just a long story of Bigfoot trying to get in the house. He walks up uh, on the porch. He knows to turn the doorknob. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> and, uh, the famous scene where a guy's using the toilet and does Bigfoot reach through the window or he just looks through the window. I forget. There's definitely a scene where, in this movie where like a Bigfoot hand comes in, yes. I thought maybe it was with the three girls, but you're right. It might be here. I think a lot of very tight close-ups on actors faces yes. as they hear stuff walking around. It was, and here, I mean, this isn't like revolutionary filmmaking, no. but some, some of the garbage we've seen in this, <laughs> they don't know how to do that stuff. Like Charles Pierce, like he spent some time thinking about this. He framed it. Well, they, uh, the two men folk grab gun. Well, one grabs a gun, one grabs a flashlight. Well, the actor said this they is for the misogyny stars because they're home alone, the girls, and they're like, "We gotta call yeah. Mr. Johnson P. Crabtree." He comes, he comes by, and he looks around <laughs> with his gun. He says, uh, "Nothing to be scared of. I ain't seen nothing out there, oh, right. except some sasquatch." I forgot the cat. landlord. He actually literally does that. Yep. Ain't seen nothing but a dead <sighs> cat, maybe a dead goldfish, but nothing else. Maybe some Playboy magazines. But I'll take these else. with me. Some Bazooka Joe wrappers, a couple of frogs. Confederate flag, Ku Klux Klan Good membership. Good spot where an outhouse r- could roster. be. <laughs> yeah. Another Confederate flag. Was, anyway. Comic books. They wouldn't call it a Confederate flag, though. They'd call it something better. Right? Yeah. I, well, I don't They'd know. like it. They'd be like, our real flag. Dreamcatcher. Dreamcatcher. Um, Everyone sleeps in this house with their lights on. Yep. And uh, the men folk come home. I don't remember the kids being involved at all. Did they just throw the kids in the woods? The kid was, just like the in one the kid was, well, an older kid, a teenage kid. He was sleeping on the floor. He he was helping out. But yeah, there were two smaller kids. I lost track of hmm. But there was a, like a teenage kid. I remember him. Oh, he was out on the porch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they are firing at the monster. It's kind of cool. It's a little bit yep. a little bit more horror movie-ish than anything we've seen up until this point. It's uh, a little bit more of a sustained narrative. It's supposed to just being like, Here's a guy in a Bigfoot costume shaking a rubber dog and then throwing at somebody. <laughs> we see like kind of mounting scenes of terror. But uh, it just kind of because this is all based on like, quote unquote, actual accounts. And I will say it does seem like Charles Pierce was very interested in being very true to those accounts. Yeah. Nothing really particularly happens. No. It just kind of fizzles out because if anything really happened – this would be the most famous story in the world. And we'd all be like, wow, remember how the world discovered Bigfoot was real? Yeah. <laughs> so they kind of the made sheriff's me... like, there's a panther living under your house. Oh, I forgot the part. Yeah. And there was a panther. Which... And some hippies are living under here. We shot the hippies. There's, though. there's a dead hippie out there. I was just going to say, it's <laughs> more dead hippies. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. And pow. And he's dead now. 
Um, actually, I do want to address that. That is funny that they brought in the Panther part, right? Well, there is because oh yeah, Go like ahead. if this is like let's assume this is a real account, which apparently it is. Uh, isn't it make sense to assume that it was the scary creature that was outside that was making weird noises and shit was just the panther? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, that's still plenty scary. Yes. Like, I would lose... Uh, my girlfriend and I were... Oh, who were we? In California? And we were, like, up in the mountains Uh-oh. in a car and a panther crossed in front of us. Wow. It was terrifying. You were in a car. Even so, in a car. It was still, like, just that you don't see something you're expecting. Yeah. We could actually even smell it. Ooh. There was a really rank smell. Cool. It was it was very very terrifying. Wow. And if I was in a house and there was a panther outside, that would be the story. I would you would meet me at a party, not know me like, hey, I'm George. <laughs> Years ago, I was at this house. There was a panther under it. It was scary. That would be like how I'd lead off every conversation. Yeah, that. That's... I don't know. You just don't need to be a Bigfoot, as I'm saying, a three toed uh, Bigfoot. Just say it's Bigfoot. It stunk. It scared you. It stunk. Wait, Tim. <laughs> it could have. <gasps> Let me rewind this. Put this text in. My girlfriend and I, a bunch of years ago, I think we were in California. We drove across the road, saw Bigfoot. I jumped out. I punched in its nuts. The end. All right. Well, something does happen here. Bobby Bobby does fight with the Sasquatch over the gun, and he goes into shock. Take him to the hospital. The end. (laughs) Yeah. That is a pretty great scene where, like, he just kind of shook like a rag doll. Um. We we kind of see he's not the only person going to shock. Like some of the girls, go, like people go into shock a lot seeing this monster. It's become catatonic. Yes. <laughs> they take him to the hospital. He wakes up. Yeah, that's the end. He says, "Give me and give me, yeah, hamburger." And then they shoot a hit from, from Jimmy Crabtree's hamburger Crabtree hut. Wait a second. What? So Jimmy Crabtree has a hamburger hut. He Probably. also <laughs> has a market on the indoor plumbing boom that's happening in Fook, Arkansas. He also, if I understood your stories correctly, he previously had some sort of lead on the outhouse construction business. Yes, he did. <laughs> are the crab trees like are do they control everything that happens in Fook? Of course. <gasps> okay. This just paints all these strange occurrences in a startling I and, think you're setting up a s- illuminating no, story. No, 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 I have a different story. My I story, wrote down the song is yeah, by yeah, Jimmy yeah, Collins. Yeah. So I don't know. Is that a person that's famous? I just wrote that down in my notes. Song by Jimmy Collins. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> he wrote the theme Listeners, to Google Jimmy's Jimmy place Collins. in 1970s. In the, uh, the 1970s TV show, Jimmy's Place. You like that one? Yeah. That was starring Red Fox, right? No. That was Sanford and, and Son. And Grey Wolf. Jimmy's Place was about a local police station. Wait, is this true? Yeah. We're done talking about this movie, are we? I guess. How many dead hippies? I have one last thing I actually want to say about this. Okay. Dead hippies, uh, by my reckoning, 16 dead hippies. What was your count? Uh, 14. 14. Um, I was kind of stunned that we didn't see more of the Bigfoot clearly. I thought there would be a big reveal. Mm-hmm. But what we can see of the Fook monster, the Boggy Creek creature, or whatever you want to call it, the costume is nowhere near as good as the one in Boggy Creek 2. Hmm. Yeah. Boggy Creek 2 uh, goes – we've watched a lot of Bigfoot-related movies in this. Definitely had the best Bigfoot costume up, we've seen. Up their game. Yeah. I think they, I he they skinned a real Sasquatch they to use as the costume. It was Travis Crabtree <laughs> all along. Uh, Tim, what did you like better, this or Boggy Creek 2? The legend continues. Oh, this one. Yeah, the original. Really? It's, yeah. Boggy Creek 2 had that pretty cool scene 
of uh, of the guys watching his female student undress in right. the window. And just, he goes, mm, that was pretty cool, yikes. Charles Pierce. <laughs> but it was still, it wasn't, uh, I don't know. This one was more sincere and funny in sincere ways that I know they didn't mean to be funny, but don't know what he was yeah, trying to I do with know. the second movie. There was a lot of bad, ridiculous stuff in the second movie. Yeah, and... Like, I think I mentioned this in the recording that he, again, I think anytime he's recounting the stories of the monster, he tries to keep it rooted in reality. Although that one reveals the monster has a kid that's being kidnapped by that, like, <laughs> shoeless hillbilly. But up until that part, Mr. Crenshaw. The, sto- the stories were much, Mr. Crenshaw, you're right. <laughs> the stories were much leaner. There was the insane outhouse story we mentioned earlier. <laughs> There was the story of the guy whose car breaks down and disappears, and he's like, Bigfoot got him. We're like, <laughs> how do you know that? <laughs> so should we, but that movie had yeah. Tanya. Yep. So that movie's Tanya. inherently better. Tanya. Wrong movie. Tanya and Shirtless Tim. Right there. Blocky Creek 2 is better. We should do Revenge. Let's do Revenge. Wherever you are, wherever you're hiding, I'll find you. I'll get you. I'll get you. Revenge. I'll get you. Revenge. Revenge. One of us will die. One of us will die. I will not let Sunny take my place. I will have my revenge. So who from this movie would get a star on the Walk of Fame? Wow. I didn't even think about it, George. Didn't think about it the whole time. I didn't either. It's really hard because there's not a lot of recurring characters. uh... Uh, I'm going to say Shirtless Tim. (laughs) And the reason why... He's, I'm pretty sure, the only person involved in this movie who appeared in more than one film. <laughs> so Shirtless Tim comes running into our hearts. That's not a story. On the screen of Boggy Creek 2. He's a little toe-headed boy running across the field, sent out to face the fierce ape monsters so he could run to the three old men and be like, my mom's being terrorized by a wild man in the woods. And they're like, go home, dummy. Give us your cigarettes. But for some people, that would be the end of the story. But shirtless Tim, he was like, I'm going to grow up. I'm going to be shirtless. I'm going to be completely hairless. He grew up, took off that shirt. He never put that shirt back on. <laughs> Wouldn't you know it? He had a starring role in Boggy Creek 2. The legend <laughs> continues. Yeah, that's how he got his foot on the walk of place. <laughs> yeah. Well, people paid attention to this young whippersnapper. Who do you think did? What was that farmer <laughs> who wanted to believe in apes? What was his name? Does it matter? Farmer Crabtree? Oh, no. I don't know his Far- name. But Farmer yeah. Crabtree who, <laughs> who put the f- three-toed footprint in the mud. <laughs> he goes on a mission out to L.A. because he's a big fan of George Burns. And he makes a George Burns foot. And he, he sneaks over there at night and puts some concrete down and puts... Oh, he goes to like Grumman's Chinese Theater? Yes, and Grumman's Chinese. Like... Well, this is the star of White Fame, right? That's what I'm saying. No, those are two different things, actually. On the Walk of Fame? The Walk of Fame is like actually like little – it's like the pavement and they actually embed little gold stars in there with the person's name. But they put their feet in. Grumman's it. Chinese Theater is oh, – okay. it's actually a George, spot. George. Yeah. He, yeah. Farmer Crabtree, he, he don't know much. So he goes to he, I reckon. Grumman's Theater. Where he, he, right. he reckons that's a Walk of Fame. Okay. <laughs> Even though people put their footprints in over in Grumman's Theater. Yep. Well, There's he, no room, he so he sees stick. a big hunk of stick. Anyway. I'm, he pulls out one that says, Spencer Tracy, who's that? He, puts, he shatters it. 
No, he, he makes a fake footprint for George Burns because he loves George Burns. George Burns. He sticks around. Why does he love George Burns so he much? Loves him, he loves his comedy. And the next day. Because of Oh God, right? It hardens. Yes. Ooh, wait, Let wait, me wait, what hardens? The footprint. He waits around oh, okay. so people come and see it and be like, uh-huh. ooh, George Burns, his footprint. But when people come around, they're like, don't you know nothing? <laughs> George Burns got four toes, not five toes. And he's oh, like, no. hmm. He, he walks away. <laughs> Confound it. And he walks yes. into the ocean. <laughs> no, he's the one that the just says, end. That was... hmm. He walks away. <laughs> <laughs> really should get around to counting toes one of these days. <laughs> so that... But, you know, I only know how to count up to four. Let's do revenge sequel. I'll go first. Okay. You do your monkey with the okay. man with the yellow hat. And... Yep. So uh, this is a tricky one because, as you people know, because you're all devout listeners of our program, we've already done the sequel. There was a sequel. Start the music. Boggy Creek 2, The Legend Continues. The music's already started, Tim. <laughs> but there is a kind of weird history, and this is actually true. There is a movie called Return to Boggy Creek, which stars uh, Marianne from uh, Gilligan's Island. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a weird sequel. There's like these movies branch off from different ways. So this is like a I think of just like an alternately branching sequel. There's really, really good ones, but the the Smithsonian came and took them and they just And yeah, it's true. <laughs> just like and they grabbed the real Fuka monster, like, shh, people can't know about that. <laughs> Sorry. It's against our mission. So we're actually gonna revisit again with our friend Herb Jones. Love her. Herb Jones was Travis Crabtree's best friend. Herb Jones was a human wrinkle. <laughs> he was the man who, if you recall, lost a portion of his foot in blowing it off with a gun in a boating accident. <laughs> that ended Herb Jones' illustrious boating slash shooting career. And he lived in a box of a house made of cereal boxes in the deep swamp. But he was angry, as it turns out. He harbored a grudge about this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just the fact that he felt it was unfair. Here's the thing he was really mad at. There was another farmer. Let's call him Farmer Crabtree. Right. Farmer Crabtree, when he was boating that day, it was Farmer Crabtree's job to hand him his gun shooting gun. Mm-hmm. It's gun shooting when gun? When he handed it to him, it was gun shooting gun. Because that's what when you're boating, you got to have a gun to shoot other guns. Okay. You see how this works, right. Tim? I don't want to explain not, the Not one to shoot fish? Nah, no, nah, that's <laughs> the gun. The other guns are to shoot fish. But you do, you go out in your boat and you shoot the guns out of other fishermen's hands. Okay. Because you want all the fish yourself. Do you get it now? <laughs> I think I get it. Yeah, so Farmer Crabtree handed Herb Jones. Farmer Crabtree, of course, was Travis Crabtree's uncle. He, uh, he hands him, he hands Herb Jones the gun. The gun was loaded improperly. Herb Jones blows off two of his toes on each foot. Ooh. He was standing on top yep. of the other foot? Uh, no, it was like, it was kind of like right in the middle. Like, blew off the big toe and like the, uh, the second big toe, second biggest this toe. This sounds like so a all conspiracy. He's got, there must have been a second shooter. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe there was ahead. a second shooter. He wasn't a grassy <laughs> knoll, which is weird also. Yes. It's like, how are you boating there? <laughs> Farmer Crabtree sees this, goes, oh, shit. He jumps off and swims away, leaving Herb Jones to drag himself out of the swamp to safety. Where he goes to the hospital. He don't like going to the hospital. The people there, they don't live in the swamp. It's weird. But... He eventually recovers. He decides he needs to take revenge on Farmer Crabtree. First, by befriending his grandson, Travis, Mm -hmm. and making him complicit in smuggling liquor as an underage boy to a man living in the woods. (laughs) 
But then, because shoes no longer fit him, now he's only got three toes, Herb Jones would go traipsing through the swamp, come on to Farmer Crabtree's land, and dress up as an orangutan and a gorilla and other creatures to kind of play and mess with his mind, to kind of cost him his very sanity. Gotcha. And this was the footsteps the Farmer Crabtree finds, these three-toed footsteps. They were Herb Jones. Ooh. His foot maimed right. after his boating accident. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a total play. It all comes together. It's like Shyamalan, M. Night man. M. Shyamalan O'Connor. M. Night Shyamalan O'Connor is me. <laughs> <laughs> and he, it doesn't really work because he just kind of is like, oh, that's weird. Figured it was a monkey. And he instead, but inspired by monkeys, this is where Herb Jones gets his revenge. Okay. Farmer Crabtree is so inspired by monkeys that he goes, he buys himself a yellow hat. Buys himself a yellow suit. He goes to Africa. He kidnaps a young chimpanzee. He names that fucking thing George. He's very curious. Yeah. Monkey gets addicted he's very, to this monkey's very curious. <laughs> and methamphetamines. They do a whole bunch of fucking books about it. Farmer Crabtree is the man with the yellow hat. So the revenge, <laughs> it kind of back. Like I said, it, I'm not really a revenge guy anymore. Oh. I'm just saying Herb Jones with his maimed foot mm-hmm. is the Fook monster. I like the it. End. I like it. Yeah, it was great. It was the best episode ever. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Especially the gun shooting game. Where you shoot guns out of each other's yeah. hands. No, no you, you shoot need... guns out of the hands of people who are shooting fish. It's like, that was, damn, my perch. I see. And you shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> this game has many levels. Now, it's like three if they were hippies, <laughs> it is like three. Picard couldn't do this. If it was hippies, you don't shoot the guns out of their hands. You just shoot them. And you put them in the stack. <laughs> yeah. What's your revenge story? I'm going to take notes because I got questions. So I, I think right. I only mentioned this a little bit, but at the end of the movie, when these this family fled the house, they said something like, we never knew why they wanted to get in the house because that was a, that was mainly why Bigfoot was harassing them. He's always trying to open the door, stick his hand in the window. You're right, yeah. And they're like, we never... Because he was actually a, a panther, maybe. Yeah, never knew why he always wanted to get in that house. So uh, my movie addresses that question. Nobody knew why Bigfoot wanted into the house. Well, I just said this explains it. You see, it was because the teen kid, because it was like a kid like 13. Okay. He was giving underpants to the creature. The creature loved (laughs) sniffing underpants. And the teen kid realized it and lured him close to the house as he wanted to catch a good glimpse of him. Why would the kid do that? Because he wanted to lure him to the house to get a good look at him. How did the kid know he liked sniffing underpants? He caught him sniffing on the line one day. Tim! What? That's what was happening when the kids go out that one yes. time in the earlier encounter, they bring their mom. I know. He was at the laundry line. He's going, I know. Sniffing them underpants. <laughs> wow. Correct. Correct. Okay, go on. But soon, all the adults in the house wondered where all the under- underpants were as they shared all the underwear. They were swingers. It caused a yeah, that's big true. fight with both families. They accused the other of each other of stealing the other other um, accused each other of stealing each other's underpants. Oh, that's bad. That's unfortunate for a swinging lifestyle. But Bigfoot kept coming for more underpants that were denied him because you know the kid was like, "I can't do this anymore." Everybody's getting in trouble. Everybody's getting mad at each other. But Bigfoot was addicted, and he wanted to get in those house to get those tidy whities So that's why he's trying to get in the house. So. Tidy whities specifically. Thus, when they moved away, uh huh, all the way to Baggy Creek, in the next town over, oh, the creature followed them. 
he wanted revenge on that kid for denying, showing him the pleasure that was sniffing underwear and then taking it away from him. Yes. Is Baggy Creek thusly named because that's where the, the the idea of wearing baggy pants that hung down around your knees originated? No. So people would have their tidy whities exposed to air, and then the Bigfoot's <laughs> like, I'm in Nirvana. Don't get, no? don't okay, get ahead of the story. I got excited. The creature followed them there. He followed the teen's scent to Baggy Creek. He wanted revenge on him, scent. as I said, denying him that pleasure now. So Sasquatch followed them to that town of Baggy Creek and started sneaking into the basement of the new house because this new family shared a house that had laundry in the basement. Oh, and he stole nice. the young teen's underwear to get revenge on him. I just realized that sounds weird. Just now. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and in a twist, Sasquatch started wearing the kid's underwear just to annoy the young teen. And thus, when people took pictures of Sasquatch, they could see the kid's name, which was Ulster Unger. And it had his name on there. Ulster Unger. Ulster. Not a crab tree. Ulster Unger's underwear. I feel and, like there's a joker sitting up and there. And they were baggy on, on Bigfoot. Wait, Thus, the underwear was baggy yeah, on... because he'd stretched it out so I much. I would assume it'd be the... Oh, he blew out the elastic band. <laughs> Thus, the creature was okay. known as the creature of Baggy Creek. <laughs> Ba-boom. <laughs> on top of that, people started making fun of young Ulster and chanted... Oh, I said this. Ulster Unger's underwear. <laughs> and so, Ulster Unger ran away to the big city of Texarkana, and he worked for an elevator company that built elevators that went up four stories. Unger was just an intern at a teen in the office on the fourth floor when he started, and he was on the fast track to being an elevator button polisher. But one day, there was a film of the Baggy Creek monster, and a photo you could see that he was wearing underpants that said, Ulster Unger's upright underwear. Sometimes he had underwear that he wore when he didn't walk upright. Oh, I thought it was like the underwear was upright, like it had become so encrusted with, with <laughs> that's, that's filth better. that it just stayed rigid. Okay. So it was on the news, and Ulster Unger no longer got the respect he needed at the elevator company. So he got his gun and went out to Boggy Creek to look for the creature oh and stop him from wearing okay. his underpants. He also changed his name, like most people do in this town. It was Crabtree for a while after he stopped being Ulster Unger. And then... <laughs> It was Crabtree again. And then he changed it to Crabtree. <laughs> but he, he lived out there in the woods for years. And the creature would come from time to time and steal his underwear off the clothesline until Ulster Unger only had one pair left. And he was an adult. This was years later. And the current name he wore he had with no underwear was Crenshaw. Was it Crabtree? Crenshaw. Crenshaw! He became old man <gasps> Crenshaw wearing that... Old man Crenshaw! S- that underwear strap on his head. Because that's all he had left. If you now, folks, if you, this is a reference to Boggy Creek too, where the old man wore like, uh, yeah, it was an underwear strap on his head. Yeah. It was unforgivable. So, uh, wow, he spent many hard years out there in the swamp and became old man Crenshaw, who we see in the sequel Boggy Creek Two. The legend continues. So, uh, that that's just that's my prequel sequel to set you up for the next movie, yeah. like Star Wars. I like that both of our revenge sequences kind of wove into the rich narrative mm-hmm. of the movies. And Crabtree's. Kind of like, yeah, that's uh, – it shows it's you – it's a real testament to how well-crafted and timeless these films are. So Universal should do a Bucky Creek universe. Never mind the monster you know? universe. Universal. Yeah, fuck that. Universal. Yeah. MCU, just go take a dive. Like we're going to do this now. <laughs> it's going to be the Bucky Creek. Actually – Tim, there really is a Boggy. There's a Boggy Creek TV series. <laughs> there is? There's like, yeah. There's been multiple documentaries. There's a lot of stuff. It's like Boggy Ooh. Creek is already, it's a thing. 
Yeah, we could sell lots of shirtless Tim dolls. Action, action oh, figures. Man. You know, you get to save. Yeah, you save money. No, you don't have to make shirts. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that. That was a good one. Yeah. Oh, now we got to talk about Seinfeld to edit it back into the beginning. Okay, yeah, say something about Seinfeld. Uh, it's crazy what that time Kramer's face got all leathery because he smoked all the time. Remember that? Uh, no. I think that was like the first episode <laughs> of Seinfeld, Tim. Like, I think he starts off as a leathery <laughs> guy. Um. Oh, do we get any mail? Wait, let me look now. Oh, got a whole bunch of angry emails I got to address. Last week I Wait, said... really? Stuart Copeland's father was a spy, and for some reason you said, for what country? I was like, well, they're British. Britain, of course, you stupid idiot. Uh-huh. And I looked it up, and he was born in Virginia. His dad was a CIA agent. Stuart Copeland. I forgot. So, sorry, all you people that wrote in angry. They are correct. Thank you, all you listeners who wrote in. Your police facts. I, yeah, so does Stuart Copeland have an American accent? No, uh, I, he doesn't sound super British. Does Sting have an American accent? I don't think so. Is Sting no, a B? He talks a bit like this. Okay. Oi, Up next, I'm Sting. I had this dream about some blue turtles, and I, and I wrote this song <laughs> about that dream. Uh, nobody <laughs> listens knows who Sting is anymore. <laughs> they don't know what we're talking about. He put out an album called Dream of the Blue Turtles. Yep, I had that album. Kiss, kissy, kissing. Let's see. Uh, never mind. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I love your. I love the way you like Tim. But my favorite things about the way you, you'll start these bits and you go. Eh. I had no, nothing to say. Except next week, <clears throat> right, Mr. Next week. Cablasto is going to fill in, and we're going to watch a movie called Night Killer. Killer Oof. who only kills during the day. Uh, wait, I, saw, I read a little. Is, I read wait. a little bit about it. <laughs> is that actually? Is that actually the title? No, it's, it's okay. just Night Killer. It's called Night Killer. He wears a glove with long fingernails on it and a burnt mask. No. It's an no. Italian movie. Next well, week, Cablasto. And you know what I'm going to do to torment him? I'm going to ask him, so did you ever spill food on someone in a theater? Did you ever have to get up and go to the bathroom in the theater and miss part of a movie? Did you ever fall asleep gonna, in the theater? You think he'll flip out? Did you ever get kicked out of a theater? I'm, I'm just going to keep asking until he uh, Until he never wants to come to the show again. <laughs> nice. But yes. You ever have a grimace shake in the theater? <laughs> that's way over with now. <laughs> I know. That's Long why I did gone. It. So that's the, uh, that was it. No mail. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, we'll like, like, and subscribe. Seti Bimco. Um, Send us email. Seti Bimco with oh, an E at the end. Gmail. Yeah. See, you're with it. You're yep. with it. Did Listen you... to my other podcast, uh, Hypothetical Island. Buy my books, The Olympians and the Upcoming Asgardians. Buy Tim's books. I don't send us don't money, fistfuls of cash in the mail. Here's Tim's address. <laughs> oh, we can. We'll say that after Cablasto, can we say we're nearing September? We'll say this. Yes, let's renounce the big plans. Should we? And then, but Tim, after we waste our time with this Kevin Cablasto <laughs> episode, just kidding, Kevin, we love you. Uh, you and I are doing something pretty damn excited. Can we share with the people what it is? Sure. We're at odds about what to call it. I'm going to call it Sticky Web September. I'm going to call it Spider Month. <laughs> Spider Month. I think y'all know what we're talking about yes. here. Yeah. We are going to spend the month of September watching consecutive episodes of the 1970s Spider-Man TV show starred Nicholas Hammond. Yep. Now, if you go back through our back catalog, you'll see 
Tim and I have already done an episode. It was amazing. Involved a woman fighting a bear. John and Tim did an episode. It was amazing. Did not involve a woman fighting a bear, but still pretty great. This is a show that I discovered. I discovered I love it. I can't believe this wasn't the biggest thing in the world. We're going to devote, what is it, four episodes? Yeah, I think so. Spider Month. Spider Month? Or Sticky Web September. Spider Month. Or Sticky Web September. Arachnid Fall. Mm, that's a good one too. Arachnid Falls. Uh, Peter... Peter, mm. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Don't start saying stuff until you know what you're going to say, George. Ant, mm. May, I mean September month. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's the worst one. Let's go with it. Ant, May, I mean, and September month. That's yeah. what I'm calling it. Also, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Aunt May's not in the series at any point. So I think this is going to be good. Oh, she is in it. Oh, she is. We talked about, yeah, she's played by multiple different actors, though, <laughs> like in the background. They don't give her a part. That's it. We All right. Go. All right. Bye, everybody. See you next week for, oh, no. See you in two weeks for Spider for Month. Spider Aunt Month. May, I mean, September Month. <laughs> Aunt May, I mean, September Month. This has been a Pity Party Line production. Party line. It's a party line. Here's the other three reasons. <laughs> oh. In 1967, too many people in Fook were finding dead hippies in their outhouses and thus had to burn them to the ground. <laughs> I just thought well, there were too, many, too many dead hippies in there. <laughs> wow, there's so many dead hippies in here. <laughs> in 1970... Outhouse Fest was outlawed as Outhouse Fest 69 attracted up to 11 hippies, five of which died in Kathy Crabtree's outhouse, and the other four gave Eddie Crabtree's outhouse herpes. Sounds like it was the movie Bread. <laughs> Sorry. And it didn't go anywhere. I couldn't, there was no, like... Uh... You already did a 1970, Tim. No, what I mean is there's no, there's no third joke, this one. That's why I gave up. Oh, there's no I gave up joke? on the dead, uh... dead hippie joke. Oh, I did, I guess... I wrote Travis Crabtree, formerly Bobby Joe Crabtree, drove to Texarkana with the intent to buy a fancy hippie-proof outhouse, but came back to folk only with a dead hippie in his truck. <laughs> How about this one? I just, this I just one? didn't want any dead, more dead hippie jokes. They got really sick of all the dead hippies stinking up the town because they were just saying, laying there in piles, just rotting and stinking. And like, what are we going to do? We have to stop killing all these hippies. That's when they realized the hippies were actually alive and just smelled really bad. <laughs>